Uh, the next few moments together, uh, we're going to venture into what I'm going to call uh, our bonus episode for the end of our Advent series. Uh, so if you've been with us here at First Church for the past four Sundays, hopefully you should be familiar uh, with our Advent series this year, which is called The Name. Uh, and uh, the past four Sundays, we've walked together by uh, Pastor Tammy and Pastor Brian and, and Pastor Trent about the names and titles uh, given by Isaiah in chapter 9 uh, to Jesus. Uh, and just to refresh memories for some, uh, those names are Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, the reason why I'm calling today a bonus episode is because we're going to spend our, our brief time here together this morning uh, looking at another name that Isaiah gives uh, God. And the name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And seeing as uh, yesterday was Christmas and we've uh, joined in this season with all of the brothers and sisters of the Christian faith uh, as we've waited and anticipated for uh, the coming King, for this Messiah, uh, and through the birth of Jesus. And now that Jesus has arrived, God is here with us in this little baby boy. Now we can celebrate and, uh, and have a big old party uh, because of the birth of our good Lord and Savior, Jesus. Uh, one who does great things as we have seen as we have seen and will continue to see as we return uh, to our regular sermon series in Mark's gospel. Now the last four weeks we've used Isaiah 9 as a connecting point between uh, these names uh, and titles uh, and we have walked through them already so we're not going to spend our time this morning going through that. However, uh, just before I, Isaiah 9, if you were to jump two chapters earlier in Isaiah 7, we get uh, yet another prophetic passage from the prophet Isaiah about one who is to come. And here we get uh, our first of only three mentions in the entire Bible of the word Emmanuel in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And so hear these words uh, today. Therefore, the Lord, will, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. The Lord will give you a sign. The virgin shall bear a son and shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And so if we zoom out of the context here, if we were to look at the reason why uh, God himself is giving a sign to the people, uh, it, it's quite important here. So we're just going to take a, a, a little, little time together. Uh, first, uh, God is using and speaking through his prophet Isaiah uh, to the kings and to the leaders of the people of Judah. Uh, however, the leaders, uh, they don't want to put God to the test, despite God saying uh, through Isaiah to ask for a sign. But the leaders, they're worried, they're cautious, and they're anxious because uh, they don't want to test God. They don't want to break one of the commandments, one of their covenants of putting God to the test despite being told to ask for a sign. And so despite this rejection and despite the people not asking, it is God who promises and gives a sign. And God makes this comment saying that there will be a day when God himself comes and is with the people. Now, if we place ourselves into the story at this point in Isaiah, hearing these words and hearing the other names in the ch in, from chapter 9, we get a little, a little excited and we can anticipate some great things. Uh, see, 
the tribe of Judah, they were going through some hardships. Israel was going through some hardships. They were waiting and anticipating for one who was going to restore their land, to restore them back to a place uh, like the, in the days of King David and in the days of King Solomon when uh, they prospered and when life was good and easy and when they were victorious. And so they were waiting and waiting and they were promised this great king this person that they could follow, that they could see, that they could touch and worship, and uh, who would lead them into battle. And yet, for those of us who, who know how this story continues on, and, and we today have the advantage of having uh, the word and knowing the ending of how it goes for Isaiah and for the people of Judah, we already know that it takes a long time before the fulfillment of Isaiah's words come true. That for over 400 years, the people waited. But these words, this promise of Emmanuel, of God with us from Isaiah 7, came true and it was fulfilled. As we heard Sophie read earlier in our service, in Matthew 1, 18 to 25, the gospel writer notes in verse 22 that all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And then Matthew continues on saying, And he, being Joseph, took Jesus and called his, and called his name Jesus. Kind of gave that one away. <laughs> the one that, that we have been waiting for, the one whose name brings so much power and, and forgiveness, the one who would go on to pay the ultimate sacrifice and win the greatest victory for each of us, this miraculous child was born in a manger, grew up in the trades, and changed the world. With the birth of Jesus, this idea of Emmanuel is an embodiment of all of God's promises to Israel and God's people. All of the covenants, all of these things that we read about in the Old Testament, of things that will come true, that God promises his people comes together through the birth of Jesus Christ, through God coming down as a little baby boy in a manger. And through grace and love and the sacrifice of Jesus, God provides a way to be with each and every one of us today. And we can be reassured. And I just love this, this verse and this theme in Revelation 21.3. And it just brings me a lot of comfort to hear these words. And it says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with humanity. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. The dwelling place of God is with humanity. And he will wipe away every tear, all the sorrow and crying and pain. For these former things have passed away. First Church, I hope that you hear these words and that they provide you hope in this season. 
that you let these words and from Revelation and these words from Isaiah and these words from Matthew sink deep into your heart today and in this Christmas season. I won't lie and say that life with God is an easy life and life as a follower of Christ isn't full of hardships. All of us would be able to testify and, and just share how we've been affected and challenged and pushed to our limits over the past couple of years. And how potentially the church, God's people, have not made it easy to be a follower of Christ. And yet, I am often reassured as I look at the story of Jesus and see that his life was not an easy life. As he was on the run as a little child, as Herod uh, sent, a, sent a message out to kill all the baby boys, he had to flee and was a refugee. As he grew up as a tradesman and had to do some physical labor, some backbreaking work as a carpenter, even in his ministry, as he had to walk and continually be on the move. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm out walking for like 20 kilometers a day, which realistically doesn't happen very often, uh, I, am aches, I have aches and pains. And at the end of Jesus's life, the Son of Man and the Son of God suffered and died a criminal's death for each of us. It's not easy but we can take, we can have hope in knowing this, that, that even today God is with us. And so you might be thinking, well, this is great that God's with us. But Jesus died and returned to heaven and has yet to come back. And we're in this season of waiting and anticipating again for God to come back. We're in the season of anticipating Jesus to return uh, he's not walking on this earth. We can't go grab a coffee with him. We can't have him as a guest speaker at a convention and ask him hard questions. So what does it mean in our world today to say that God is with us? Well, great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, and this is actually a question that I got some of my friends to think of and, and answer. And uh, rather than just stealing their words, let's just take a moment and I'll show you uh, so just some of the things that they said. So the word Emmanuel translates and means God with us. So I just want to know, what does Emmanuel mean to you? What does it mean when I say God is with you? Mm, God with me means... Uh... That... Uh... He's always with us. He gives us, uh, like, he's like that angel on our shoulder telling us what's right and wrong to do, basically, mm -hmm. is what I think. It's nice to hear, um, like, that good side of the voice. He's always by your side, up through all your ups and downs and everything. It definitely means a lot. I guess it makes me feel more comfortable. Um, that you know he's with you, so you know you're protected, and that you can basically no god's around you and so you know he forgive you forgave you when i hear that it definitely says that um no matter how hard that you had in life like if you're dealing with stress and you're dealing with like like drugs and all that stuff god is always with you and sometimes people may feel like 
there's nobody with them, but there's actually God with you. And no matter where you go, if you have Jesus in your heart and your life, then he will uh, be with you no matter when until the, until the end of your life. It makes me feel like accepted and welcomed and warm and like knowing that like I'm safe and that he's there with me. Yeah. yeah. I guess it means that I can talk to him whenever. Um, just companionship and um, having somebody that you like having around, they like having you around, I guess. God is always there, like he's always with you. Like there's never gonna be a time where like you're going through something and like God isn't there. He'll always like go through something with you mm -hmm. and he'll always experience it with you. God is there. He's, he's, he, you may not be able to see him, but He's always there with you and he's always there to help you and even if it may not seem like it's helping you, what he's doing is helping you. Well, thank you youth and, and youth leaders. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, watching that, I'm reminded of, of all the different ways that God is with each and every one of us. As I, as I hear these words, just some of these things uh, just, just stick out to me and are a good reminder today. God's with you through your ups and downs. We know we're protected, we're accepted, welcomed, and feel safe. Uh, we, we can take comfort in this. We have companionship. We can talk to God whenever. He goes through things with you. Uh, even if you don't see God or understand what he is doing, he's helping and working in your life. What does it mean to you? when you hear of Emmanuel? What does it mean to you as we celebrate uh, the birth of Christ, the birth of our Savior, God coming and being with us uh, today and in this Christmas season? And as we wait and anticipate uh, a new year and all of the things God will do here at First Church. Uh, as I think about what Emmanuel means to me in my life, I think of some very close family friends. There is this couple that has been a part of my life and my family's life as long as I can remember. They're essentially my, my second parents. They've been my babysitters, my boss, my employers. They've helped me get jobs. They've tricked me into eating gross olives and new foods and trying new things to get out of my comfort zone. Uh, they even housed me and my family for about eight months while we were moving and in the process of renovating homes. Uh, they're always there to, and prepared to drop uh, anything to listen to what is going on in our life. Uh, they're the type of people that I can be 100% transparent and authentic with. The people that know when I am lying and making things up and trying to pretend like everything is okay. They're people who ask hard questions during appropriate times that cause me to truly think about how I'm doing or if something bothers me or if, that, if something isn't sitting right with me. We've done life together and they have been with me throughout my life. They've walked through the hard moments in our family. They have wept with us. They have rejoiced and celebrated with us. They've welcomed in strangers we've brought with us, and they've sacrificed a lot for us. They've embodied what it means to be Christ-like and with me through every bend up and down. 
this is what God is like. One who journeys with us, one who will never abandon or leave or forsake us at any moment. And while it is true that, that we are 2,000 years removed from the events of the gospel, we can still have hope in this Christmas season that God is very much with us. Uh, and in fact, given that it is the season where gifts are often uh, given, uh, there are a couple gifts that uh, I think that we have been given uh, in addition to the gift of Jesus. Uh, and so the first gift we can read about is at the very end of Matthew's gospel. Uh, so Matthew 28, uh, we read about Jesus commissioning his disciples to preach and teach and baptize uh, in his name and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But then, in Matthew 28, verse 20, the very last thing the gospel writer quotes Jesus saying is this, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you or abandon you. And while Jesus ascended and returned to heaven, we can read in Acts 1 and 2 that we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, a way for God to be with us always, continually, to the end of the age. Uh, biblical scholar Rodney Reeves notes the gravity and importance of Jesus' final words in Matthew and the steps that we are to take as disciples. And so he says this. He says, Yet the one who is called Emmanuel, the Son of God, the Messiah, the God who saves, the man who came out of the desert very much alive, has promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. He called us to follow him through the desert, to the mountain, beyond the Jordan, into Jerusalem, to the cross, out of the grave, even to the end of the world. And because we are his disciples, we know that we are never alone. Indeed, the way is Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel. For Reeves, uh, these final words of Jesus are not simply standalone words, but ones that uh, throughout the entirety of Matthew's gospel and throughout all of uh, the snapshots we get of Jesus's ministries are words of Jesus continually repeating himself and trying to prepare his disciples for a world without him. Reeves says, goes on to say this, uh, that even in his absence, Jesus will be present with his disciples. From the beginning to the end, we as readers get to see the story unfold, not only how Jesus became Emmanuel to his disciples, but also how they came to learn the lesson that even in his absence, Jesus is present with them always, no matter what. Jesus, throughout his ministry, is preparing the hearts and lives of the disciples for a world without him. Today, as an extension of these apostles, as disciples of Christ, through these same teachings from the gospel series and throughout all of scripture, we can read and go through these accounts and also be prepared for a world that we live in without Jesus roaming this earth. For a way uh, for us today to still experience Emmanuel. For a way for us to see God is still with us and active in our world. And that brings us to the second gift of Emmanuel. The church, 
the body of Christ, the children of God, the communion of saints, whatever wording you want to use. We as a local church and a larger body of believers are a gift from God. Although sometimes it may not truly seem like it, the church is in fact a gift and a way for us to experience God being with us. Just as when God created humanity and it was not good for Adam to be alone, we are not meant to walk our faith life alone either. We are given community together, the chance to journey with God and with God's people through these moments of joy and through the moments of sorrow. And while this past couple, 20 months has been uh, kind of a, a wrench into what we would consider the plan, and the method that we do community today is, is a little bit different than perhaps we would like, we are still called to come together to worship and praise God, to hear about how God is working with and through uh, one another's lives. And then, where as a body, we can support each other and shine the light of Jesus into each other's lives. As I think back through my life of, of times when the church has surrounded me with the presence of God and, and, and shined the face of Jesus on my face, a number of moments come to mind. Uh, however, one in particular has radically changed my life and, and, and just drastically affected who I am today. When I was in my first year at Ambrose, I was going through a crisis of faith. It wasn't until later in my degree that I learned that this was a normal thing in many people's faith journeys. But as a pastor's kid, a freshman studying to become a pastor himself, a youth leader, my entire identity was crumbling down and I didn't know who I was anymore. All I knew was that I was a Christian and that God loved me. And without that, who am I? And, and of course, uh, I decided that instead of, of talking with, any about, of, with anybody about it, I, uh, I decided to shove it deep down and try to pretend like life was normal. And then one of my mentors, uh, Jeremy, he, he invited me out to McDonald's to just talk, just to have a one-on-one. -on -one and it was just a spontaneous thing. And I can remember, I can remember it so clearly, sitting in at that booth at the McDonald's and just there was such a haze over my head that even as we were talking about church and, and, and my first semester at Ambrose and life and everything that was going on, I just could only manage to reply with things that I knew he would want to hear. But then something extraordinary happened. I don't remember what Jeremy said as he was talking, but out of nowhere, I looked at him and saw a light shine from him. And in my heart and in my soul, I felt comforted. I didn't hear like an audible voice, but I could feel something from within going, I love you. I care for you. I am with you. You are safe. Fall into my arms. Let your guard down. I love you, my son. And then I blinked and the bright light from Jeremy was gone. And this feeling disappeared, but the haze that was over my head was gone. I had broken through this crisis of faith, this period in my life where I didn't know what I believed or who I believed or uh, what was real. 
And there was still a lot of pieces to pick up and to, to figure out. And, and yet I knew one thing. God was with me. And that God used Jeremy to shine the love of Jesus onto me that day. And so First Church, uh, as we watched our little Christmas season montage and were able to see all the different events and programs and occasions that uh, we have been able, fortunate, that we have been fortunate to do over this past season. I can't help but see moments where we as a church were able to shine the light of, of Jesus and to share the presence of Jesus uh, to, our, to not only our church family, but our neighbors and the community around us. I really do hope that you were able to participate and feel God's presence this past season and that you currently are feeling God's presence as he is with you here and now. That as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that you are finding yourself drawing closer to him and not being caught up in uh, the ways of the world or uh, the Boxing Day sales going on or uh, perhaps some of you have to work tomorrow. But that you would find yourself sitting and soaking in the presence of Jesus. I also hope that as a church and as God's people, we would continually do this. That we would continue this mentality and attitude of sharing the good news of Jesus and sharing the presence of God with the world. That we would be lights in this time of darkness around our world. And that as we continue and, and return to this Christmas season and enter into a new year full of uh, what's going to be changes and new things, that we would just leave this to God. And we would dive deeper in this understanding of what it means to be with God and for God to be with us. And so as we conclude our service and, and go and uh, open the rest of our gifts and eat turkey or leftovers or whatever it is that you find yourself doing today, I just ask that you think about this question. And I love to hear your responses. What does Emmanuel mean to you? What does God with us mean to you? I'd love to know your answers. And as we celebrate the coming of the King, the coming of the one long anticipated, may we rejoice in this good news. That Jesus Christ is born. The Messiah has come. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, you are with us and you are so, so good. Father, there may be times in our lives, perhaps it is a season we're in right now, God, where we don't know what it means to say that you are with us, God. That we don't know where you are because you just seem so far away. God, that it seems like you have forsaken us, but Lord, we know that you have not forsaken us. We know that you were with your son as he cried out for you on the cross. And you are with us today as we cry out to you today, God. Lord, may you fill our hearts. May you fill the hearts of each and every individual, God, who calls First Church home. Put your hand upon their shoulder and bring them comfort today. And fill them with the presence and good news that your Son is with us. Father, we love you and we are so thankful for all that you do for us. And all of this we ask and pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the
Now, as we close our service, hear these great words. May God bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. And if I might add, may God be with you to the end of the age. God bless you, First Church, and a very Merry Christmas to you all.